0: Welcome to another message of hope from Gateway Church Australia. For more information or to contact us, please visit gateway.asn.au. Saying welcome home. Yes, Lord, we we speak Jesus this morning because we're here to worship you. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus above every other name. We're here to seek The guidance of the spirit in our lives and we come to hear your word and rejoice together as your people in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Take a seat. Well, good morning. Great to see you all. You know, Jesus was really clear about why he came to earth. He was really clear and passionate about his mission. And he told us that he was going to focus his energy there from the time he was here on earth until the time he returns. And we can read about this in a few places, but particularly in Matthew 16, these are the words of Jesus. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not Prevail against it. He was saying that his purpose was to come and gather a community of people that lived and loved in his name that they would be the hope of the world. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah foretold this and in chapter 12 of his book, we read, "'The one whom I have chosen is my beloved,' I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations and in his name will be the hope of the world. The community that Jesus came to live and die and was resurrected for is the church. That is the community that Jesus came for. And at Gateway, we we are part of the rollout of this divine plan. You know, from generation to generation, Gateway takes its place in that long line of churches who can say, in Jesus' name, hope lives here. In the early years of this church, I really felt God sort of saying to me, well, you know, make some space um, in your thinking for my plans. And so I felt uh, led to, to go to the United States, which you do. Um, big big country, and I visited many, many different ministries over five weeks uh, in the United States. When I was in California, I visited five what they call mega churches, and in those days, they were churches of around 5,000 plus. Now, for comparison, in Australia at the time, a church of 1,000 was considered rare. One of these churches was so big that it had several marquees in its very large car park with a few hundred people in each of these marquees in addition to the 2,000 seat auditorium that they had on site. And they repeated that a few times a day. It was quite amazing. I also visited an Hispanic mission where uh, local Hispanic pastors were ministering to poor farm workers and their families who were sort of underemployed and really struggling. I traveled to Hollywood as you do when you're in LA and I visited what we would probably recognise as an Anglican cathedral. And they were reaching out to the rich and famous and to celebrities. I saw a few of them there, said hello, how you going? It's good. Elbow <laughs> elbow tap. I visited a humble church startup, like what we'd call a church plant, which was meeting in the basement of a pizza shop in the city. So no guesses or no prizes for what their supper was gonna be uh, every Sunday night. And they uh, had an amazing ministry. They were forming discipleship groups amongst gay and lesbian people who wanted to follow Jesus. I went to a ministry center, which was in a disused hospital. So I think Frankston Hospital, but you know, not, not used as a hospital. And an amazing group of people there were, every day, feeding and clothing the poor. Um, I I couldn't count how many people. And then every night they would go out and they would take drug-addicted people off the streets and give them somewhere to sleep, which was safe. I went out with one of those teams one night. It was very scary. (laughs) But it was an amazing, amazing experience. I visited, in the suburbs of LA, a really large Black community church, and they had an amazing sports ministry into the local high schools. Now in America, high schools are a bit different to ours. They're bigger and like you know 3,000 in each. And they have several high schools that they were reaching. and they, they were running basketball programs and uh, health and fitness programs, um, you know gymnasiums and things uh, amongst a teenage youth and carrying the hope of Jesus to them in that way. I went into uh, a slum in the city just uh, near East LA, which is still a pretty impoverished place. And I went in and, and uh, there was a church, not quite this big, was full of primary school kids. And I went, oh, I've walked in on their Sunday school. No, that was their church. They had three times the number of primary school kids in worship as there were adults. And, and this small church were reaching the children of that slum with the grace of Jesus, well, then I went Southern California to a place called Saddleback Valley Community Church, which is pastored still by Pastor Rick Warren, a church then of about 10,000 people. And I was privileged to sit in on some of his core leadership team meetings and see how they you know frame things, a church that big. Uh, Then I spent some one-on-one time with him talking a little bit about strategy and vision that we're doing here. And this is all pre the purpose-driven church. So I like to tell people that Rick stole my ideas, but um, (laughs) it was mind-blowing. It was, you know, mind-blowing. All of these churches, big or small, rich or poor, black, white, Hispanic, had one thing in common. They all had an unshakable belief that the local church is the hope of the world. That's why they did what they did. They formed community and they lived and loved like Jesus in it. And then I flew halfway across the United States to Chicago to a church called Willow Creek Community Church. Very, very big church, about 15,000 people. And I spent a week there, a very multi ethnic church. Uh, it was uh, amazing how people just sort of blended together and worked together. And they had an auditorium that seated 5,000 plus. But the unique thing about Willow Creek, and still today, is that they use music and theatre and the arts and drama and video to communicate the gospel through their church services and into their community. At that time, I knew of no other church in the world that was doing that uh, and came back and it was just learned so much from that experience. But it was, it was in Chicago that I first heard the message of hope preached that said, the local church is the hope of the world. Now, I returned home convinced of the truth of this with all my heart because I had seen it with my eyes across very different ministries and churches across the United States, people living and loving like Jesus. And I saw that when you know, a gathered body of believers live and love like Jesus, then the world knows that they are the hope of the world. People gather to that, to seek that same hope. And, and I... I was profoundly changed, and I came home and rededicated myself to leading gateway here to become such a church, a place where it could be said of the people in our broader society that hope lives here now um, today christ 's mission is not limited to pastors and leaders in fact, it never has been but the greatest privilege, I think, as, as a believer is when Jesus comes alongside you and you know, puts his hand on your shoulder and he says to an ordinary believer, if you will, will you join me in building my church? Will you follow me and help the local church to be the hope of the world? Since that time, I've had the privilege of going to many other places in the world. And I have seen churches, communities of faith, be this hope in the communities in which they live. I've seen it in London and Singapore and Hawaii and in capital cities like Sydney and Perth, but also regional centres, small places in South Australia called Aldinga uh, and in New South Wales, um, called Kyogle, and in Lismore, and in a little town in Tasmania called Penguin. How cute is that? They have penguins. Um, And that's near Launceston, and I've seen it in Launceston. Uh, I've seen it in Mildura. And all these churches stand in a long line of communities of faith since Jesus who were doing what the early church did. Let me show you what that is. You can read it. In Acts chapter 2, which is in the New Testament, it says this. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and, sh- and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. I love the way the Passion Translation phrases that. Those who are coming to life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have abundant life, life to the full. Other translations say adding those daily who were being saved. You see, the early church, the people of the early church lived their lives with such integrity and such passion uh, and such faith that the society around them respected them for that. And not only that, people were drawn in large numbers to come to those communities of faith, seeking the hope that they had. So it begs the question... If Jesus' mission is still valid and needed and relevant today, which I contend it is, and if he still changes human hearts by his spirit, by faith, hope and love, then is it possible that there would be a community of faith, a church in our culture today, in this city? A church community of which people would say hope lives here. Well, I believe the Gateway is becoming such a church, and we're going to talk about becoming in the next several weeks. And though we have some way to go to be all that Jesus intended us to be, Gateway is a church for young or old, rich or poor, gay or straight people of all nations, tribes and tongues, That's who we desire to be in Jesus' name. But to be this, for the church to represent, then each believer at Gateway needs to recommit themselves. I need to recommit myself to following Jesus, to using our spiritual gifts to serve one another, to using our prayers to bless one another, using our resources to help one another. We must all come together believing that if we follow Jesus, that we become his very hands and feet in the community around us, hands and feet to deliver hope. We've got to believe that hope lives here, now and forever, from generation to generation to generation. Why the church? What's so special about the church? Well, I think there's a fairly simple answer for that. And it's that I believe hope is not the currency of society, but the gift of a resurrected saviour. That's where true hope comes from. As someone once said, you know, if our greatest need had been information, then you know god would have sent us an educator if our greatest need had been technology then god would have sent us a scientist if our greatest need had been money he would have sent us an economist but because our greatest need was forgiveness he sent us a savior jesus the hope of the world yeah now i'm well aware The church has many detractors, um, many doubters, many who have said over the decades, predicting the demise of the church, the destruction of the church, the irrelevance of the church. But what I know from history is that there are many secular kingdoms that have come and gone as well. There are empires of millions and millions of people that no longer exist. You know, I'm, I'm talking about ancient Egypt. You know, I think pyramids, um, Babylon, ancient Rome. They don't exist anymore. Even powerful modern regimes that people thought would never be defeated, like the Nazi Third Reich. And communist Russia have fallen. You know, the wall has come down. We could move off to multinational billion dollar companies that I grew up with as, you know, household names that everybody thought would just be here like forever. Companies like Nabisco and Kodak, and Toys R Us, Blockbuster, all gone. Secular kingdoms that rose and fell. So what confidence can we have as a people of faith to think that the church can stand the test of time? What confidence can we have that the church will be here for us and not go the way of these other mighty kingdoms? Let's go back to where we started this morning, to the words of Jesus himself, And I remind you that he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus said, I will build my church. Our confidence that the church will outlast every empire and every corporation is Jesus. Our confidence comes from knowing the one who built it the one who gave his life to create it, the one who still sustains it by his spirit and the one who will come again and take the church perfected into glory. It's Jesus. Not some secular autocrat or king, but Jesus. Jesus, when he said, I will build my church, he was saying that his purpose is to gather a community of faith to himself, that by the power in his name, they would be the hope of the world. So can I ask you to reflect today on where you get your hope? Do you take your hope from some place in politics or some theory that you know or some person I would say to you don't place your hope in the empty promises of the world but in the empty tomb of Jesus Jesus lived and died and was resurrected he came to life by the power of the spirit of God to create the church for you and me so that together we can live and love and show the world that hope lives here. Hope lives here. It's our hope. And it's a hope that is available to all who would look upon the name of Jesus. And that's great news. Because Jesus Rose again, our hope is rising. Our hope is rising. How about you stand with me? Pray. God, by the power of your name, help us to remember why you created the church, to be the hope of the world. Help us as believers to remember that we have a part to play in your cosmic plan help those not yet decided about you to be inspired by your sacrifice for them and that all people everywhere would come to know and worship the name of Jesus. God, thank you for gathering your followers into the church for the sake of the world. And we pray that through churches everywhere, like Gateway, all may see that hope lives here. Amen.